Welcome to Worship Where You Are with Triumphant Love Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. I am Pastor Danielle Moore-Casey, and we are delighted to have you worshiping with us today. Just a few announcements and reminders before we begin our service. As always, we continue to gather prayer requests, so please send those in via email or give us a call at the church office. We also thank you for continuing to support our ministry with your ongoing offerings, whether that is by snail mail or through our secure online giving portal on our website. And be looking in your email inbox for some updates on your giving throughout the year. Also, just a quick reminder that we have Sunday school today at 10 o'clock for adults and 1 p.m. for children and youth. We hope you will join us for that later today. And now let us begin our service as we turn to the confession and forgiveness. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who creates, redeems, and sustains us and all creation. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Faithful God, have, have mercy, mercy on, us. on us. We confess, we confess that, that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We turn from your loving embrace and go our own ways. We pass judgment on one another before examining ourselves. We place our own needs before those of our neighbors. We keep your gift of salvation to ourselves. Make us humble, cast away our transgressions, and turn us again to life in you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God hears the cries of all who call out in need. And through his death and resurrection, Christ has made us his own. Hear the truth that God proclaims. Your sins are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. Led by the Holy Spirit, live in freedom and newness to do God's work in the world. Amen.
of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Beloved God, from you come all things that are good. Lead us by the inspiration of your Spirit to know those things that are right, 
and by your merciful guidance, help us to do them. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I now invite our young people to join me for a children's message. Hello, it is good to be with you all today, wherever you are in your kitchen or around a table or in your living room or maybe even on the road. It's been a couple of weeks since I've gotten to do a children's message, so I'm excited to get to do this today. I was wondering, maybe you can tell, how many of you like a good book, a good story? Me too. I wanted to bring some examples today, and I actually had a kind of hard time picking and choosing because there are so many stories that I love to hear. And so I finally stopped when I couldn't carry any more, and because my children were afraid that I was taking too many of their favorites with me. Stories are these amazing things that can draw us in no matter how old we are, I would say. Stories are amazing things that can mean different things to us each time we read or hear them at different points in our life. Some of these, my parents read to me, and now I have read them to my children. But they speak to me now in a different way than they did back then. And I think maybe that's part of why Jesus told stories, because they helped him explain things that, in a way that he didn't really have to fully explain them. And because each time people told those stories around the campfire at night, they might hear or realize something that they hadn't heard or realized before. Some of the stories Jesus tells are a little bit difficult to hear, no matter how old you are, no matter how many times you may have heard them. And that's the case today. He tells the story, a parable, about a landowner with a vineyard and the people who are entrusted with taking care of it. And at the end of this parable, Jesus says, produce good fruit in the kingdom. Bear good fruit in the kingdom. And I don't know about you, but I am not a tree or a vine. So how exactly am I supposed to bear fruit? What is Jesus talking about? Well, he's using a metaphor. He's saying that we are like that. And so we are like a tree or a vine that can bear good fruit or that could be barren. So what is it exactly that Jesus wants us to do? I thought of one of my favorite stories, The Giving Tree. And I think there's a pretty good hint in the title, Giving. Jesus wants us to give of ourselves the way the tree does for the boy as he grows. 
to give of ourselves to our neighbors, to those around us. And we can do the things that we see Jesus doing all throughout Scripture, welcoming those who aren't welcomed, maybe saying hi to someone on your Zoom class or sitting with someone that's all alone in the cafeteria this week. We can feed those who are hungry and clothe those without enough things to wear, especially as it starts getting colder in the next few months. So in the next couple of weeks, I invite you to join with our congregation to find ways that you can use your hands to do God's work out in the world, to give of yourself the way the giving tree gives to the boy. And you can watch and witness as the tree that's up behind the altar begins to push forth and bear fruit in witness to the ways you are bearing fruit in the world. Will you pray with me? Our hands we fold, our heads we bow. It's time to talk to God now. Dear God, thank you for Jesus who showed us how to love and how to serve. Help us bear good fruit in your kingdom. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our service now continues with our readings for today. A reading from Psalm 80. Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. Why then have you broken down its walls so that all who pass along the way pluck its fruit? The boar from the forest ravages it, and all that move in the field feed on it. Turn again, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and see. Have regard for this vine, the stock that your right hand planted. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Jesus said, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went away to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized the slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. 
Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We sing. Emshal, mashal, so the rabbis say, that is, I will tell you a parable. Jesus was, after all, a rabbi, and he frequently used this common teaching tool. Some of these parables he told are brief, pithy descriptions that begin, the kingdom of God is like. Others are longer and far more intricate. Author and professor at Vanderbilt Divinity School, Amy Jill Levine calls them short stories by Jesus in her book by the same title. Given that she refers to herself as a Yankee Jewish feminist who teaches in a predominantly Christian divinity school in the buckle of the Bible Belt, you can probably guess that she has an interesting take on these so-called short stories by Jesus. Unfortunately for me, she did not have a chapter on this doozy of a parable we have before us today. Sigh. I guess that's what I get for not having to preach the last few weeks. So, here goes. First, I think with a parable as thorny as this one about the vineyard, a little background helps. And we actually hear a little bit of that background in a passage from Isaiah. According to Isaiah, the landowner who planted the vineyard and provided everything necessary for it to produce represents God. The tenants represent the leaders who have been entrusted by God to produce the good fruits of justice and righteousness from that vineyard. 
the people of Israel. And the slaves sent by the landowner to the tenants to collect the produce represent the prophets that God has repeatedly sent to the people of Israel, but whom their leaders have continually rejected and sometimes even killed. So when all else fails and the owner's son is sent, the tenants kill him too. Those listening to Jesus that day suppose that the next step is for the vineyard owner to take care of those first tenants and give the task of stewardship over to new tenants. So now the point of this pointed parable. Who do you identify with in this story? The old tenants? or the new ones. When it comes to those leaders gathered around listening to Jesus that day, they ironically implicate themselves and condemn themselves. And for generations now, this parable has been read that way, with the Jewish leaders as the old tenants and Christians as the new tenants and the vineyard as the church. It is easy to read the parable this way. Maybe a little too easy, if you ask me. And if I know one thing about Jesus' parables, it's that if it comes easy, we probably aren't reading it right. In fact, Paul Minier says, if these tenets represent the faithless leaders of Israel, then the new tenants represent the leaders of the church. The threat under which the former renters stood then is doubly valid for the new renters. In other words, if we want to read this parable as an allegory, then that allegory becomes a two-edged sword with a message for every generation of those who consider themselves good tenants. We ourselves included, of course. So now the point of this pointed parable. Were the Jewish leaders right about what the vineyard owner would do to those first tenants? If in fact the vineyard owner does represent God, of course. Did God get an eye for an eye when God's own son was crucified? Or did God go off script, responding with a completely unexpected resurrection? Did God get a tooth for a tooth when God's own son was crucified? Or did God go off script, responding with a completely unexpected love for all people, not the least of which was for those who crucified Christ. So now, the point of this parable. What kind of God do we have? And just how do we respond as God's people? As Amy Jill Levine suggests, we might be better off thinking less about what the parables mean and more about what they do, 
remind, provoke, refine, confront, disturb. With that in mind, perhaps the point of this pointed parable is that we not rest on our laurels or our vines or our behinds, for that matter. And instead, we do as Jesus suggests and produce fruits of the kingdom. Perhaps instead of worrying so much about the meaning, we are being called to focus on Jesus' instruction to bear good fruit. As I said earlier in the children's message, I am not a fruit tree, so what does that metaphor mean exactly? How do we bear good fruit in the kingdom? And more to the point, since this is a fairly pointed parable, what does that mean for us in this moment in time? Perhaps it begins with being firmly planted and rooted. Our theme at Triumphant Love this year is forming faith from roots to fruit. As our pastor's Bible study recently discussed as we studied Psalm 1, the trees that grow strong and push forth new shoots and bear good fruit are the trees that are firmly planted in God's word. And so what does God's word, not simply scripture, but Jesus himself, the one who is the very word of God, what does he tell us kingdom fruit is? We can pluck those good fruits from the branches of his life. We see in Jesus' life that bearing good fruits means reconciling with brothers and sisters when we disagree and break relationship. And it means forgiving one another's sins and debts as we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Bearing fruit in the kingdom means radical hospitality for those generally considered unwelcome in society and breaking bread with those who differ from you. Bearing good fruits means loving your neighbor as yourself and sharing rather than burying your talents. What does God's word, not simply scripture, but Jesus himself, the very word of God, what does he tell us this good fruit is? Well, we can pluck those fruits right from the branches of his life. Bearing fruit in the kingdom means waging peace when it is far easier to wage war and bringing justice and equity when it costs you something, even if it costs you your life. Bearing good fruit means feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and visiting those in prison and giving a drink of living water to the thirsty and caring for the sick. So, as Amy Jill Levine suggests, 
we might be better off thinking less about what this parable means and more about what it can do. So let us not satisfy ourselves like those first tenants with knowing what God meant. Let us instead do what God's Son asks us to do, produce fruit in the kingdom of God. Beginning tomorrow, that call comes to us anew as we serve together for God's work, Our Hands Sunday. Undoubtedly, the need to keep physically distant will change the way we serve in our community. But our feet still follow Jesus, and our hands still do God's work, and our branches still have good fruit to bear. And now, more than ever, our community is starving for this good fruit. So I invite you, our outreach team invites you, more so Jesus invites you to join us in bearing this good fruit in the kingdom. You bear good fruit when you care for creation or you do yard work for an elderly neighbor. You bear good fruit when you assemble blessing bags for those living on the street or grab groceries to stock the shelves of the Bread for All food pantry. You bear good fruit when you write letters of advocacy seeking justice or make cards for those living in nursing home facilities. You bear good fruit when you buy a God's Work Our Hands yard sign financially supporting our partners and ministry. And you bear good fruit when you post that sign in your yard, reminding everyone who sees it to love and serve one another. So now the point of this pointed parable. Perhaps we won't have time to worry much about what this parable means if we're so busy doing what the parable says to do. Perhaps we won't have to worry so much about the meaning if we're busy fruit-bearing. Amen. We sing. we
we join with Christians throughout the world in confessing our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe believe in God, the the Father Father Almighty, Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. earth. I believe believe in in Jesus Christ, Christ, God's God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, Spirit, born born of the Virgin Virgin Mary, suffered suffered under Pontius Pontius Pilate, Pilate, was was crucified, crucified, died, and and was buried. buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God hears the cry of the poor and is near to all in need. Let us pray for our neighbors, our world, and ourselves, trusting in God's mercy and love. Eternal God, we pray for your holy Christian church. Where it is corrupt, purify it. Where it is in error, direct it. Where it is right, strengthen it. Where it is in need, provide for it. Where it is divided, reunite it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, for the land that is home for all your creatures and for those who care for it, farmers, gardeners, foresters, ecologists, and all who help preserve the life of your creation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sovereign God, we pray for nations and communities torn by violence and for all who live in constant fear and danger. Guide elected and grassroots leaders to bring about a true and lasting peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, for those who long for companionship, grieve the loss of a loved one, or mourn a broken relationship, help us always to be ready to give help and comfort. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Caring God, we ask for grace to live with childlike wonder, offering our ministry to our community, that all may see how we can live together in love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, you have blessed us with immeasurable gifts, which many in our world can only dream of. Give us truly grateful hearts, remembering that all we have is only on loan from you, so that we use what we have been given as good stewards. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, hear our prayers of joy and concern today. We lift up prayers of thanksgiving for our triumphant love ministry, especially for our men's theology breakfast group, and for cool winds that refresh us and remind us of your spirit's movement within and around us. We pray for those in need of healing, especially Johnson, Dave, 
Holly, Bob, Betty, Dace, David, and Dana. For those in need of strength, especially for Ryan as his grandmother Brenda is placed in hospice care, and for Haley and Carlos as Jennifer is placed in hospice care. We pray for those in treatment for cancer, especially Doug, Braden, and Bexley. And for these things in our hearts and minds now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All this we ask, gracious God, together with all that is known to you alone, in the name of your risen and anointed Son, through the power of your life-giving Spirit. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. Please share a sign of Christ's peace with those around you and with those you meet throughout the week. Your continued support of our ministry during this unprecedented time is greatly appreciated. You can mail in your offering or use this time to set up online giving. Simply go to tllc.org and click on the Give tab. Or use our Give Plus text feature to give your offering digitally. Simply text the amount you wish to give to 512-357-7693 and then follow the secure payment instructions. the darkness right now I really have no choice but to voice the truth to the nations a generation looking for God for such a time as this I was placed upon the earth to hear the voice of God and do his will Whatever it is for such a time as this, for now and all the days he gives, I am here, I am here, and I am his for such a time as this. such 
a time as this for now and all the days he gives i am here i am here and i am his for such a time as this can't change what's happened till now but we can change what will be by living in holiness that the world will see Jesus such a time as this I was placed upon the earth to hear the voice of God and do his will whatever it is for such a time as this for now and all the days he gives I am here I am here and I am his for such a time as this let us pray blessed are you O god maker of all things you have set before us these gifts of your good creation prepare us for your heavenly banquet nourish us with this rich food and drink and send us forth to set tables in the midst of a suffering world through the bread of life jesus christ our savior and lord amen and gathered into one from wherever we are we pray as jesus taught our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as in heaven give us today our daily bread forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And Almighty God, creator, redeemer, and healer, bless you now and forever. Amen. We sing.
We thank you for joining with us once again to worship where you are today. Just one final reminder before we dismiss, next Sunday we will receive Holy Communion. We invite you to make arrangements to gather your own bread and wine or juice, or you may come by the church on Saturday from 10 to 11.30 to pick up consecrated elements here. Also, at that same time, we will have our God's Work, Our Hands yard signs for you to get, and we will also have a drive-through animal blessing in honor of St. Francis. We hope you will pack up your pet and join us for that. And now, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our message today. We are Triumphant Love Lutheran Church and are affiliated with the Southwest Texas Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. We are located in Austin, Texas. You can follow us on our website, www.tllc.org. We look forward to you seeking us out as our podcasts progress and further episodes are added. You have a great day, and may the Lord be with you.